Hey, it's your GM Jamie. I just wanted to start by saying I know it's been a long time. To tell you the truth, I didn't think it would be this long between uploads, but a lot of life stuff happened, so we ended up taking an impromptu hiatus. We may or may not go into a little more detail about that when we sit down to play our final woven session, but we'll get into that later. Today, I bring you something new. We sat down with two of our best friends and supporters of the podcast, Michelle and Aaron, who I'm certain you've heard us mention before. We've been wanting to have them on for a really long time, and the timing just never worked until now. In this session, we played a gothic horror one-shot using the system Ghastly Affair by Daniel James Hanley. We kept it pretty rules light and used the system fairly bare bones, but it was a super fun system, and I recommend anyone looking to try a gothic horror-style game to try it out. It is intended for mature readers, and as usual, these episodes will be rated explicit, not only for language, but for topics. A list of content warnings will be in the description of the episode, so please, please check that before diving into these three episodes. This is a horror-themed one-shot, and therefore contains horror themes and descriptions. But other than that, I am very excited for you to hear what we sat down and played. It was a super fun, very long session. So without further ado, the first of three episodes... Are you ready to give it a try? So you all have uh, been together in the past, but maybe not have been all together in a long time. But separately on your various adventures, you've each received a letter from a Mr. Misha Becker, who you know because a long time ago, um, maybe a few years, you all as a group saved his life. A serial killer was ravaging his small town um, in eastern fantasy England. (laughs) And uh, you all came together, for better or for worse, and were able to figure out who was committing the murders and save Misha's young life. At the time, he was about 13. Now he is 19. And he sent you all a letter telling you that he's doing something he absolutely loves with his life. And he wants you all to come see He is the lighting director for the Calathea Opera House's production of Nomeo and Juliet, a tragic love story. (laughs) Wow. The classic. That, I mean, that's on Amazon. Yes. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) No, Nomeo and Juliet is out there. This is Nomeo Nomeo and Juliet. Juliet. The gnomes and the ghouls. Distinct differences here. You yes-anded it. Yes. Yes. So on this treacherously stormy night, you all are one by one arriving to the Calathea Opera House to see the final dress rehearsal of Nomeo and Juliet and talk to Misha and kind of get to see what he's doing. So as the storm rolls over and rages on, who is the first to arrive? 
Oh, um, for those who listen to the podcast, uh, our two two number one (laughs) listeners, a.k.a. two best friends in the whole wide world, Uh, are here to play. That's us. That's you. (laughs) I'm blushing. We love it. You can't tell, but I'm blushing. (laughs) (laughs) So excited to have new people at the table. It's amazing. Yay. Big fans, big fans. So go ahead and introduce yourself, Michelle. Oh, okay. Oh. God. I'm in love. It's oh. so good. I'm in love. My name is Adelaide Flowers. Um, I am 19 years old, and I um, am just always looking for love. And I can't wait to see who I can meet along the way and romanticize everything. I okay. love it. She's um, fab. Adelaide, as you arrive, you arrive in this huge foyer of this enormous opera house fairly recently rebuilt um, as it was not up to date with the current modern standards of the 1880s. Um, And you walk into this enormous tiled foyer with huge wooden columns rising to the tall ceiling. There's a ticket booth to your right and a set of stairs down to your left. Um, As you are walking down the stairs and towards where you think Misha may be, we see Amanda's character. Vance Helsing. (laughs) Good God. What up? (laughs) It's me. Could you describe your character a little, maybe? (laughs) I don't think you need to describe. You heard him. That's That's it. it. That's That's all we need to know. That's it. You're right. That is all we need to know. What up? Vance. I'm 20 years young. Uh, You know, I'm just out here. I'm just trying my best a lot of the times, you know? Mm -hmm. I have a really (laughs) strong sense of justice. Oh my God, he's so handsome. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Yeah, it's been been about uh, six years since you guys have seen each other, unless you've worked together in the past. Yeah, what's up, Adelaide? Hi. (laughs) How's it going? You look so nice tonight. What did we do on like baby Muppets? Because she's 19 and she's 20. What did we do on baby Muppets? Six years? <laughs> we were 14 years old running around. Last this time we saw each other, me and Vans couldn't grow mustaches. It was straight up the Scooby Doo mystery. Oh, we like literally saved kids. someone who was a year younger than me. <laughs> oh, shit. How old do people live? Or actually, no, we were the same age. It's Victorian times. If you make it Vans is middle aged. You're lucky if you make it to 30. Fuck. Yeah, you're you're probably like 45. I think think we still believe in humors. (laughs) They do. I think so. They mention it. We definitely still believe in humors. All right. I got to change that age. (laughs) How old was she? She's going to be like 65. They lived to 65. Yeah, but. 65, so. Okay. Yeah, no. They they lived. They had pretty much the same lifespan as us. Oh, going to try to woo Oh, sexy. Yeah, as Vans and Adelaide reacquaint themselves uh, and kind of start exploring this vast entranceway, um, we see Matt's character. Lovely. I'm playing Dr. Clara Shelley. Uh, she steps out of the storm and drops the hood on the cowl that she's wearing. A crash she's... of lightning flashes exactly. behind her. She is like, I'm going very, do you know the pigeon breast like mono, mm-hmm. um, the mono breast look? So it's big, big bulging breast tiny waist, and then big skirt with a bustle. I'm That's who we're going her. with here. Um, she is 
uh, thir- about 34. She's a little bit short. Um, she has a big brown Gibson girl haircut. Um, I love her. I love this woman. I'm so sorry. I'm pausing to think about how much I enjoy her. Um, and as she drops her hood and she sees the other two, um, she sort of straightens out the bottom of her shirt and or her blouse, I guess, and walks over and says, Oh, good evening. It's so nice to see you again. Hi, Dr. Shelley. You look great as always. Thank you, Adelaide. It's nice. Uh, it's wonderful to be back together, isn't it? Oh, it's wonderful, yes. How are the lobotomies going, Doc? Oh, it's tedious work ridding the world <laughs> of criminal behavior, but somebody has to do it, so I, if it's going to be me, I'm excited to take on the task. Absolutely. I'm in love with her. <laughs> She's just absolutely the worst, and I love her. I love lobotomies. <clears throat> you reacquaint yourselves and kind of try to dry off from the storm raging outside, and uh, behind you enters Aaron's character. Hi, my name's Fanny. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard it already, and I'm 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 just in love. Uh, Fanny is uh, 65 years young, uh, and she she's so old. <laughs> she's so old. She is knocking on death's door. Um, and Fanny comes uh, just. Slamming in. 65 pre-penicillin. Six, 65 years <laughs> young. Impressive. She is a, With a glass medical, eye, like. medical mystery. Oh, yes. How many times has this woman survived tuberculosis? <laughs> um, she can't count. Vance so. turns to Adelaide and is like, oh my god, she's still right. alive. <laughs> she thought she was oh, your god. Time, it's truly unbelievable. I hardly live this past year. Fanny is also, uh, just to paint a picture for you, uh, missing a couple teeth. She's got a glass eye, Coke bottle glasses. Um, <laughs> and she comes stomping in with some pretty heavy boots and a wet dog behind her named Toots. <laughs> what Toots kind is of dog in is the Toots? theater? Uh, Toots is a mutt. He's pretty mangy. He's got a chip, uh, like dog. you know, like a clipped ear. Um, he's like an average, like lab size, okay. I would say. Podrick size medium. Mm. I've had Toots for. Toots is also a medical mystery. We don't know how Toots is 25. <laughs> Older than me. Yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, and Fanny is wearing a corset that has seen better days and is bursting at the seams, got a couple holes in it, and, like, just a patchwork skirt that's been, like, sewn together of, with many articles of clothing. And I Stunning. love her. Um, yeah, you guys all gather and you see each other. Oh my god, Toots! Oh. <laughs> it's so Funny. nice to see you guys! How's it been? You can see us? Like, oh, well, you know, I can see shapes and colors. Well, that's, that's more than some. That's lovely for you. You look beautiful, that's what I gotta Thank say. Thank you. Yeah. You look... Yeah. Thank Wonderful. <laughs> Thank you. I got a haircut. Did you know that? I did. She's picking I, like I could see it. She's picking like twigs out of her hair. <laughs> I, I like the decorations. Thank you. You're welcome. Another crash of thunder and a bright flash of lightning lights the doorway up behind you, and we see Michael's character come in. Um, <laughs> Raider Dave kicks the door open, <laughs> and then. Sweeps off his rain-soaked tweed cape to reveal a dry tweed cloak. <laughs> so fashionable, always has been. And I'm like, oh, Toots, what's up, dude? 
Did we know Toots when we were in bed? <laughs> yes, Toots, Toots is a like medical mystery. Okay, cool. Toots. Cool. Toots keeps getting older the more we talk. Toots about. is at least 20. <laughs> Toots is easily middle age. <laughs> Toots has been reincarnated or raised from the dead, Frankenstein style. Mm-hmm. Best kind. He's um, just kind of like a swaggering pile of tweed garments right now, mostly. What a phenomenal description of a human being. Thank you. A swaggering pile of tweed garments? I think I'm in love with Raider Dave. Oh. I was, no, I get it. David. What color is the tweed? <laughs> uh, it's colors. a lot of different. Yeah, it's, I mean, this is, I, hey, fun fact, Amanda and I were talking about this in the car. I have no fucking idea what Victorian means. Like, I, I kept looking I mean, up. It covers like an 80-year period. I was yeah. like, do we have buttons? Like, I kept having to look yeah. up. I was like, wait, we have guns? <laughs> it, is, have it is kind of a buttons. weird era between, it's... like, more primitive and, like, really advanced. So I was just trying really hard not to be too specific in things that I didn't feel like Googling in another tab, sure. you know? But, like, um... Yeah, Raider Dave is uh, Victorian Robin Hood. Approximately how old is Raider Dave? Like early 20s. Okay. So you guys, you three were fairly young when mm-hmm. you did uh, the whole thing, saving Misha's village from that serial killer. Fucking traumatizing. Yeah. <laughs> the Victorian urchins saved everybody listen, from the serial killer. Listen, you were all killer. obviously Victorian old enough to have a job, so. Hey, hey listen, well, <laughs> eight's not hard to come by in Victorian era. It's actually yeah. old to be a seamstress starting at 13. You actually <laughs> Should start at eight, but... Raider, Raider Dave is very black-pilled, so he's like, there's this idea going around called child labor laws, you guys. Like, <laughs> That's we ridiculous. should really talk about this. Yes, we should force more children to do the labor. No! It will keep them, <laughs> will keep them from being criminals. No, wait! <laughs> we should start them younger. The first time I mucked out a stable, it was up to my waist. <laughs> You guys gather here, meeting again for a long, for the first time in a long time for some of you, in a little while for some others. Harsh winds and heavy rains batter against the large theater, creating moans and wails echoing throughout the chamber as wind sneaks in through drafty windows and doors left open to allow the stench of drying paint and musty costumes to escape. Occasionally, as you walk through, the lights in the theater flicker on occasion as strong gusts and heavy rains threaten a power outage at any moment. There are some candles burning here and there, but not many. This is a fairly new theater and so relies fairly um, heavily on the use of electricity. We have electricity? We're in a we're in we're in kind of like a weird um, fluid time. Yeah. Uh, Aesthetically Victorian. I can't believe there's already electricity. This is crazy, you guys. Yeah, so yeah, it's like we're we're doing like 1880s aesthetic. We've got a bit more advancement and all that. So you all are entering and you see, uh, as you enter into the main theater area, this huge kind of horseshoe-shaped pit of benches all facing toward the stage is surrounded by this outer horseshoe of uh, boxes where people can go in and sit. And there's three layers of those climbing this entirely tall, beautiful, opulent theater. Um, it's adorned with purple carpets and purple and gold and all of these like beautiful gildings and everything all over the walls and the ceiling. An enormous chandelier hangs down over you, um, and you see an older Misha Becker running up to you from down in the pit. 
and he's yelling out, Oh my God, you finally came. I'm so glad you all got your letters and you came. Misha. I'm, a, I'm trying to Hello, something. darling. What's up, dude? Misha, you're no longer a young little boy. Oh yeah, he hugs you tight. What did you say, Mike? I want to try to steal something before Misha gets here. Okay, what are you trying, <laughs> what are you trying, what are you trying to steal? Um, Like a nice candlestick. Uh, okay, yeah. Uh. <laughs> I'm gonna just put it right up my sleeve. Swoop. I, nobody's even looking at you as you enter. I think I think it's fairly <laughs> easy. It's like the first thing. I'm like taking off my cape and using it to obscure my hand. Like it was a sleight of hand, <laughs> palming something. <laughs> yeah, you just gently put your sleeve over a candlestick, and your hand comes away with it, and it's no longer there on the table. Nobody even notices. Yes. As Misha makes his greetings around the group. He says, um, it's been so long. How are you all? Oh, I've been very busy, I think. Well, I have. I can't speak for everyone. <laughs> Depressed. Oh, <laughs> oh. oh, I can fix oh. that. Do you, have, do you have 10 minutes? No, no, I don't, actually. Oh, and right. I've been uh, happy as a clam. Just kidding. <laughs> it's been good. I, I, been... I did bring the tools just in case. <laughs> the you brought the lobotomy tools? <laughs> Singular what is it? It's a pickaxe. I need a, it fits in a pocket. It's I very convenient. Disturbing. It doesn't sound very sterile. Uh, I like that you think we're sterile. <laughs> I'm going to open you up with a, essentially a rusty saw blade at some mm. point. <laughs> Been busy seeing the world. You know, living the dream. Honestly, I'm amazed you're still alive. Is uh, that rude to say? I'm no, sorry. Uh, we've all thought I said it. the same thing, yes, honestly. No, it you are a yeah. marvel. I wouldn't have said it so directly, but yeah. Absolutely. Thank you. I feel uh, so young. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's nice. Oh, isn't this exciting, Misha? I'm so glad you're all here. I just feel like you all gave me a new lease on life. You gave me my life back practically i could have died and here you all are and i'm doing this amazing thing in the arts i never thought i wanted to be a part of it but i am the lighting director for this show which is a whole new position it's amazing i've got three people working under me some of whom are older than me it is weird are they union what's a union oh don't ever say that we should just again. be happy for him honestly <laughs> it's great i love it i would love to show you all about it show you the whole theater and then you'll get to see the final dress rehearsal with oh fantastic oh, i am so proud of you the last time i was in, he opera, looks so was handsome in paris too. oh my god thank you so much very strapping young man yeah, can he's... i ask a question really quick because of course um so we saved misha from a serial killer mm -hmm. what was the serial killer's deal yeah what do you guys think the serial killer's deal was? Um, a creepy old man. Oh, yeah. Hey. Okay. <laughs> like a, a Jack the Ripper type? Sure. But instead of sex workers, it was children. Little boys. <laughs> little, boys. little boys. Jesus uh, Christ. I, don't think I mean, little, little boys, little boys. What's that like, one? what were the circumstances that, that we saved him from, yes. essentially? Like, ha Pit in the pendulum moment. We had to pull him out from a, a giant blade swinging back and forth. <laughs> wow, so um, dramatic. This dude was breaking into people's homes and just murdering them uh, in secret in the night and then slipping away to leave a bloody disaster behind to be found. Okay. And we were able to like get in before that happened and sure, catch Misha, the dude. Misha was the final victim and you guys were able to catch him in the act. Okay. How's that? Gross. That's good. Disgusting. And then I lobotomized him, right? Right? <laughs> sure. That sounds like something your character would do. It is. Um, yeah. 
So you see uh, bustling about, there is an enormous stage, um, very well lit by both oil lamp and electric light, um, though the electric lights are pretty dim. Um, but a huge amalgamation of all different lights help light this stage up. Uh, and you can see right now they are practicing the tower scene where Juliet is up in the tower speaking down at Nomeo. Um, and you see a young woman up there uh, sort of running through her lines, looking over a script in her hand. There are uh, stage hands left and right, sort of getting things prepared, moving set pieces where they should be. You see up above the stage a catwalk uh, that goes across the stage left to right. There are backdrops hung up by ropes that kind of move along a track high above the stage. All of this sort of happening all at once, people chattering, people talking. You hear the director yelling out things to people here and there. Um, does anybody want to interact with the scene while we start? Yeah, I think Adelaide wants to find the hottest person there and try to flirt with them before the show starts. Um, Adelaide, why don't you make an intelligence check for me? And what is okay. your what is your intelligence score? My intelligence score is one second. <laughs> a twelve. Uh let's add plus two to that since you are very good at finding the hottest person in a room. I am. It's actually kind of a hidden gift I have. So what that means I so I can sex. keep up. The so DC that, of that now is she has a twelve. She has a twelve. Plus two, so the DC is fourteen. We yes. have to score under. Yes, so it's not a DC, it's a score. Yes. You're temporarily modifying your score with penalties and bonuses, and you're always trying to get under your score. Lovely. Ties, oh. lose. Hmm, that's a good question. I don't know what it says in the book about that, but we'll do tie is succeed. Cool. Yes. Okay. I always like meets beats. Such a gracious mm -hmm. GM. Yeah, I'm great. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that's a, a success, I'm guessing. So what did you, right? what did a you six. roll? You roll the six? Yes, that's that's a success. Okay, so I find the hottest person in the room, and I grab him by the scruff as dramatic as possible, and I bring him into a little bit of a tucked away area, and I say, Lord. Welcome. You've been chosen for tonight. And, and I'm like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> it was the tweed shoes. <laughs> um, yeah, you grab this guy, and he uh, kind of like, yelps as you take him behind a partition um <clears throat> and you push him up against the wall and he's like uh misha is this your friend we're loosely friends it's okay and misha's like oh uh yeah she's uh, okay hey um why don't you let theo go there and um he can get on with his way he's got a lot to do tonight adelaide okay misha but you owe me one I mean, I so owe you a lot. You saved my life, but whatever. <laughs> um, and Theo goes running back to the stage with the props that he was carrying in hand. Um, and Misha says, I'm, I'm so excited to show you everything. Let me let me take you into the back and I'll show you my whole like lighting design. And then you'll kind of know what I'm doing while you're watching the show happen. Um, and he takes you to the back of the stage where he's got this kind of... Um, big poster board set up and it's like this huge board that he's got all these different things tacked onto that um kind of detail lighting cues and scene changes and what the what the stagehands are doing while his workers are doing and as he's kind of explaining all this to you these other three guys come up 
and he's like, oh, great. These are my um, my lighting hands. So I'm the lighting director. These are the people who actually make the stuff happen. So like, I'm like, go do that when this happens. And he goes and he does that when this happens. So it's great. This is Julian Carpenter, Stefan Marshall, and Yvette Delphine. Cool names. A lot of cool names here. Yeah, I mean, we're we're in, you know, fantasy Victorian London. <laughs> Congrats on your names, everybody. What were the second two? Uh, Stefan, S-T-E-F-A-N, Marshall, M-A-R-C-H-A-L, and Yvette, Y-V-E-T-T-E, Delphine, D-E-L-F-I-N-E. What was the first one? Julian Carpenter. Carpenter. Um, and they all look to be uh, between their like late teens, early 20s, Um they're all kind of like sweating a little bit. Yvette's hair is a little messed up. You know, that big poof of Victorian hair on top of her head. Um, she's wearing uh, a bodice with a white shirt underneath and the sleeves rolled all the way up. And her dress sort of uh, kind of tucked up on the sides with skirt hikes and a little apron over front. Julian's wearing just like a white shirt with the sleeves rolled up, top button undone. You can see he's sweating. Stefan has uh, a sort of like worker's shirt on almost uh, that's got like this sort of like dark blue. It seems a little worse for wear. And he's got the sleeves rolled up, the thing open. He's got a little apron just around his waist with some tools in it. Um, and Misha's like, honestly, I, I don't think I would have been, to, been able to do this if I didn't have these three people with me. They're amazing. They're so good at what they do. They, it's all new technology, but they know exactly how to utilize it in the best way possible. I think you're going to really enjoy seeing what we've been able to do with the lighting for this show. Um, and out on the stage, you hear the director yelling up to the act, the main actress and they're kind of chatting and some other commotion is happening out in the uh, orchestra pit and all this is happening. And as you're standing here listening to him go on and on about how much he loves what he's doing and he's explaining to you every lighting detail, a huge crash of thunder rattles the shutters on the outside of the building and you feel it rumble beneath your feet in this cavernous place. And all of a sudden a huge strike of lightning illuminates the whole room so brightly and then it goes dark it's completely pitch black and you hear a high-pitched scream falling from a high place and then a thud and a heavy squelch not the squelch and you hear a bit of commotion and then people start picking up candles from uh, backstage and bringing them, lighting them, getting oil lamps lit to kind of see what's happened. What was this commotion that happened in the dark? And as you all make your way around to the front of the stage, you see a lead actress on her back, impaled on a wrought iron fence that was supposed to be a set piece, sticking up now out of her chest, and she is laying face up dead on the stage. We didn't get her name yet, right? You didn't, no. Okay. The effects are really impressive. <laughs> I gotta say. So far, my expectations have been met. I don't remember that scene in Romeo and Juliet. Adelaide is oh, screaming. Romeo and Juliet? Oh, I recognize what you've done to the piece. <laughs> <laughs> Disapprovingly. <laughs> you couldn't see it because this is a podcast and an audio medium, but she did not enjoy meeting the lighting ruffians. Uh 
rough. Adelaide loved that and could not control herself. Loved watching her die. No, no. You can all set <laughs> yourselves on the stage around her if you'd like. I will put NPCs out as we need them. I don't think we need all of the NPCs all the time. All the time. Yeah. When the lights are out, can I steal something? Okay. Yes. I would. Yeah. No one's going to see I have an idea yet. of what I would like to steal. What would you like to steal? Can I steal... Somebody's wearing a tool belt. Can I steal one of those tools? Ooh, pickpocketing! Go ahead and make a dexterity check for me, Aaron. I'm not dexterity. But I do have plus one to sleight of hand. And I would give you a negative two because it is pitch black in here. So negative one. Yes, negative, negative okay. one because you have a plus one. What do I roll? Uh, D20. And you're trying to get under your... Uh, Stat minus one. Okay, let's see if I can get in there. Nope. What were you trying to get, and what did you roll? I was trying to get a seven, and I got a nine. Um, yeah, oh, you geez. you kind of fumble forward in the dark blindly where you thought mm. that guy's tool belt was, and he goes, "Oh my god, whoa, hey, watch your hands." <laughs> oh, sorry, I I can't. I I it's hard for me to say. And then, <laughs> <laughs> and then the lights come back on, uh, or people start bringing out um oil lamps and candles and kind of start to illuminate the space. My God, what happened? And Dr. Clara leans over the body. start To start looking? Yeah, to see, like, is she dead, dead? I'm sure. She reaches for a pulse or something. Yeah, go ahead and make uh, an intelligence check. Add plus two to your um, stat. Beautiful. I have a 14 for intelligence, but the class is a plus two, so I have a 16. And you said plus two, mm-hmm. so it was an 18. Okay. And I rolled a four. Okay. Good. Yeah. Excellent. Um, yeah, you lean over, you see this sort of like almost T-shaped or um, arrowhead-shaped wrought iron fence post is sticking up straight through her chest. It is dark and like slicked with blood. She's sort of laying broken along this fence sort of parallel it's like beneath her in a straight line along her spine half of her her right arm kind of dips down into this box of fake flowers on the ground she has her head turned mouth agape and blood is beginning to pool beneath her as she lays here strewn along this fence are you gonna be able to save her she's dead dead don't worry, I can get I'm that. I'm not really. I'm not really out. in the. Uh, I'm not that kind of doctor. <laughs> the Although to turn. be fair, the doctors in this time are also not really that kind of doctor. True, Mostly we're not. just uh, sort of fumbling with a knife and seeing what happens. <laughs> wow, um, it's not great. And yeah, yeah. As you guys crowd around her, trying to see what's happened here, you hear out in the crowd. Sorry, was she on like a balcony? You didn't know where she was. You were behind the curtains. You didn't see where she fell from. Mm. When we were in the... Yeah, when we first came uh, in. When you first came in, along, like, say, maybe 30, 40 minutes ago, she was... Oh, shit. She, yeah, all of this has been happening while you've been with Misha, and he's okay. been explaining this to you. Okay. So you've been backstage for quite a while. A while. When you first came in, she was up on that balcony. Okay. I'm yeah, no, that's saying. not... That's so no, it's, no, been, no, no. it's been about, let's say, 40 minutes before that, before you saw that Misha brought you backstage... Um, into one of the recesses and was showing you his lighting design board. Um, so now as you all crowd around this body on the stage and people kind of whimper and gasp as more people from the cast and crew come up and see what's happened, you hear from down in the orchestra, my lead, what will I do without my lead? <laughs> Hell yeah. Uh, I look at Misha and ask, 
What was her name? Her name was Florence Abigdale. This was going to be her big debut. She was only 20. An old maid. Is there a chance that <laughs> any of us know her from previous situations? Because she's like near our age or no? Um, if you'd like to make a intelligence check to see if you remember her from anywhere, go, go right ahead. Oh, I got a 19. My intelligence is 12, so I failed. Yeah. Um, you kind of look at her face, which is now sort of distraught and covered in blood, uh, and she is not recognizable to you. Not that she might be anyway, because she's also wearing heavy ghoulish makeup. All right, All right. Yeah. 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 Adelaide faints into the nearest man that she finds. Good for her. God, she's good. Vance <laughs> catches her. Not <laughs> Vance. A love story. <laughs> it's, it's a love story in front of a dead body. It's just like the most Victorian kind. It's gonna be great for my column. Yes. Uh, how long were the lights out? Um, let's say. 30, 40 seconds. Okay. Um, to the director in the pit, I ask, uh, where was she just before the lights went out? I don't know. I was talking to the reporter who's here to write a beautiful piece about my beautiful story. I wasn't looking at the stage. I'd like to What's try... Oh, sorry, director's go director's name, do we know? Uh, you do not know the director's name. Would you like to introduce yourselves? Yes. Hello, um, I'm Adelaide Flowers. This is the weirdest <laughs> possible time to do an introduction. To yeah. hey. Hey. She is dead behind us. And we're I like, just good evening. It. My name is Dr. <laughs> good evening. <laughs> How are you? Good evening. <laughs> well, then better. <laughs> no, I take it back. Vance turns to Misha and is like, what's that lady's name? Oh, it's a man. Oh, what's that um, man's name? Yeah, Misha's like, that's that's the director. That's director Leopold Cross. Leopold. Leopold Cross. Um, Fanny would like to put a hand on Leopold and say, don't worry, I can get that stain clean out of her costume for you. He just sobs. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and he, you see he is standing with another woman, um, and she's, she also reaches out a hand and she's like, nice to meet you. I'm, I'm Birdie Ames. I'm a journalist for the local paper. I was going to write up a piece about this, but it, should we call the police? What do we do now? I think alerting the constabulary is an excellent idea, uh, and I point at somebody in the room with us. I assume there are stagehands around us. Yes. Uh, I point at one of them, and I say, run down and alert the boys at Scotland Yard. There's been an accident. Um, it's Botland Scarred. And <laughs> um, yeah, a young girl. It's nods. Ireland Yard. <laughs> a young girl nods her head, and she—you see—she uh, runs, grabs a coat that was sitting on one of the benches, pulls it on, and runs out of the theater. You don't have to tell them anything. Uh, You're right to remain silent. And we leave um, you the police. Yeah, Birdie's like, was she married? Like, should we call somebody? And um, uh, one of the stagehands. Uh, looks out and he's like um she she's she's got family i i can alert the family if if it's all right to do that i don't really know what happens at a crime scene what a tragedy should i go get the family 
No. I think they ought to know. That's, you alert them, certainly, but I wouldn't bring them here. Yeah, I don't they know don't, about you all. They don't want to see all that. I don't think they need to see this. my family member impaled on a wrought iron fence. And there are plenty of people here to identify the body. Yeah. Indeed. Okay. It is quite close. to alert someone without going and getting them, so I guess we're just going to leave this be until it's solved. Oh, well, this, wait, wait, wait. You can we'll let them know when them. she's in closed casket conditions. Indeed. Okay, all right. Is this your first impaled body? <laughs> no. <laughs> Why does that read so much for you? <laughs> I've seen some things. Is there anybody in the room who saw where she was just before the lights went out? How many uh, people are in the room with us? I know it's a theater, so probably a lot. But... In the room, you have maybe a dozen or so. Um, there are still people like off in the wings, uh, people off in the changing rooms or the director's office um, who haven't come out yet to see the commotion and what's going on. Nobody in the crowd raises a hand to say where they saw her when it happened. Um, a few people were like, I-, I saw her on the tower not too long ago. Well, I saw her pacing the stage not too long ago. Um, I thought she was talking to the director, blah, blah, blah. All of these different people. Nobody seems to have a clear idea where she was when it happened. Did she have any enemies? Who are you asking that to? Uh, the same amor- amorphous crowd that uh, Matt just asked. Can I actually? Sorry, finish that. Yeah, uh, everybody kind of like hushes quietly, whispers amongst themselves. Um, Knew it. You see, you see someone <laughs> lean over and whisper to another person. What you? What are you whispering over there? He's like, uh, I was just talking to my friend. Mm-hmm. Suspect number one. All right, write that down. That's suspicious. You didn't even ask his fucking name. It's that guy. Book him. Take him away, coppers. <laughs> He doesn't um, need a name. He's suspect number one. I just gave him a name. <laughs> That's all he needs. I want to do an investigation on the corpse and just be like, "Yeah, I agree." It's, so it's it's hard to stab. So it's hard to like run a body through with something. Mm-hmm. Is this conducive with having been like having fallen on top of it, or does it look more Lord. like somebody has maybe pushed her onto it and then put it on? Like if it was on its side, so the points were sticking out perpendicular to the ground. Like that, does it look like... Uh, go what ahead. were the sounds associated with the fall? Just a bang and a thump? You a heard squelch, a, a longish squelch. scream, a thud, and a squelch. And the mm. thud and squelch were kind of simultaneous. Mm. Like squelch, thud. Oh, the squelch oh. happened first? Long fence squelch. I mean, mm. they were simultaneous. Like a squelch. Oh, maybe saw, half okay. a second one happened before that. As other. she was okay. being impaled. Yeah. yeah. yeah okay. Um, I hate the word squelch. I love Same. the word squelch. <laughs> okay. I kind of um, like it. What should I roll? Intelligence. Oh, thank you. I would also like oh. to investigate just like the area around it, like, you know, the floor, like see sure. what's, if Go there's ahead. anything, any debris. Oh, footprints. Detritus. So what was your. I just rolled a 15 under mm-hmm. an 18. Okay. I just rolled a 5. Under That's a, a good thing, though. That's yep. a good thing. Yes. Low okay. numbers are good here. I know. It's like golf. It's hard to get That's what I'm trying to understand. Yeah. Okay. So, Vans, what you see is there's a lot of blood beginning to pool, obviously. Like, this fence post has done some major damage. Maybe some of the other, like, shorter prongs that go up along the center pieces of the fence are, like, sticking into her back. So, there's more open wounds than you can see. You can also see a large spray of blood, like, up the backdrop. Because this backdrop is kind of like a foot or so behind this fence post Mm. to have like a little aisle for Nomeo to presumably come out and like through these fences. Um, And it it spatters up that and along the stage kind of in a radial pattern. 
Like, okay. like she fell pretty evenly. And uh, Dr. Shelley, what you see is she is far down this thing. Like it tore through her. She's laying flat on her back as much as she can be along yeah. this fence. Um, and it looks like she would have had to fall. She would have had to fall. Like gravity would have had to do yeah. this damage. Like someone couldn't pick her up and shove her down Indeed. onto this fence post. Yeah. Very good. I'm looking to see if I got any on my tweed. <laughs> you got none on your tweed. Yes. You were not on the stage when this happened. Yeah, Fanny's kind of swatting away toots from trying to lick up the blood. Mm-hmm. Ooh, can I make another intelligence check? Is this the spray of the blood and everything? Is that, does it seem like it makes sense in accordance with the injuries and how she has fallen? That's how high does the spray up the backdrop go? Go ahead and, uh, well, I guess I'll say it goes pretty high up. Not like, oh my God, why would her blood go so that, that high? But like, but like, oh geez, that's a that's, lot of that's blood. That's a wild, okay, yeah. cool. Um, a two under a 16. Okay. Yeah. This looks like the blood, the blood matches with the fall. What doesn't match is that blood having matched with her falling from the tower or the angle of the body having mm. having fallen from the tower. She would have if she had fallen from the tower, A, you don't know what, what the like front fence of the tower is made from, but it's only maybe six or seven feet off the ground for her to have fallen from there. It would have taken her jumping and twisting backwards for her to fall like yeah. this from the tower. So the angle she's at doesn't make a lot of sense. Interesting. Helpful. Last thing that I can think of that I would like to know. Mm-hmm. If I look up from where I'm standing on the stage, mm-hmm. where does the, are there catwalks? Is it a fly system? Like what's directly above the stage? Where are you standing on the stage? Like right next, like I'm where you're essentially th- next to her body. I want to look directly up where... Like, if she had been dropped from the sky, she would have come. Directly above you, you see the edge of the catwalk is parallel with the backdrop. And there's a little cross-section that goes um, forward on the stage and then sort of ends. So you've kind of got, like, a T-shape of the catwalk up there. Hmm. Interesting. Misha, how do you access the catwalks above the stage? Um, there are ladders around the, uh, back. We kind of have them up in different places because the catwalks kind of criss and cross here and there. So this multiple accesses towards the backs. Indeed. Misha, I'd like you to bar the doors. Okay. Um, yeah, you've got it. And he goes and runs and, uh, close, uh, bars the front doors. Um, and he's like, I'm going to leave someone out there. Um, watching them because we do have someone bringing the constable. Indeed. Yeah, make sure they don't get in. All right. Yeah, I've got someone out there doing that. Um, The person he has out there is Yvette Delphine, who's one of his lighting people. Who was with us the whole time. Yes. And and the woman who went went to get the constable was Isabel Grove. She's one of the stagehands. The couple that like murmured when Dave asked if she had any enemies, mm-hmm. um, where are they? They're kind of standing uh, far to the left of the stage in the wing. 
All right, Vance approaches them, but he's really awkward. So he's like, how do you do, fellow teens? And just like shuffles over. Um, yeah, you you uh, shuffle over. These people are a bit younger. Um, they look to be in their late teens, maybe 20 years old. And they're like, hi. <laughs> Who are you? Jesus Christ. You know, I'm Vance. Did you know that lady? This is great. I like how you guys ask not a single person their name. (laughs) What the fuck is their name? I'm me. What's up? What's up? (laughs) Murder mystery. Don't need to know a single person's name. Not important. I've written down a lot of names. I was gonna say any more names. I have given you those names. You have never asked for those names. Not once. Once. How many once, names do you have written down? Uh, I mean, I don't know. One, she has two, a point. three, four, five, six, seven. I asked for the director's name. I'm not going to lie. I don't know that I wrote down the name of the person that I asked for. <laughs> oh, no, it was Florence. It was Florence Abagnale. Okay. Um, what are your names? <laughs> Did you know that lady? What are your names? Also, what are your names? Uh, you're, sta- you're staying in front of a younger guy and girl. And the guy reaches out his hand to shake yours. And he says... I'm Floyd, Floyd White. This is my sister, Martina. Um, what's up? Are they sorry? Are they more stagehands? No, they are in the show. Oh, okay, oh, oh. Uh, very obviously because they're wearing costumes. Actors, yeah. disgusting. <laughs> uh, couldn't help but notice you had like a little side conversation here when uh, Dave over there asked if she had edit- any enemies. Uh, she have any enemies? <laughs> 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 we are so nonchalant. Uh, you see Martina stifles a laugh and Floyd kind of like smirks at that. And he's like, what are you, some sort of detective? Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Do, does Adelaide hear this happening? Um, yeah, you can hear it. There's like quiet murmuring around the room, but you can definitely hear this conversation. Because Adelaide is very nosy and she also knows that Vance is very awkward. It's she true, I'm walks very over awkward. And puts her like hand on his shoulder and says... It's okay, I'll take it from here, honey. Go ahead. Go help them with the big boy stuff, okay? The big boy stuff! <laughs> so condescending. Vance is, like, kind of, like, shuffling back a little bit just so he's not, like, quite... Yeah. But, like, still Sticking within around. earshot. Yeah, and you see Floyd is checking you out. Hi, everyone. Um, I'm Adelaide. I'm just... Everyone? <laughs> everyone? <laughs> everyone, you too. <laughs> Waves to the entire crowd. I should have been in the show. Yes. So, as my friend was saying, uh, we are just confused, and we want a little bit more information. What's the, you know, what's the gossip about our our dead girl over here? Um, Martina gives Floyd a look, and you see he gives one back, and she leans in towards you, and she's like, "Well, it's not unknown that Alva hated Florence. Alva Duffy, the woman who played her mom." Oh. Was is married to the man who plays Nomeo, like the love interest, and everybody knows that she hated Florence, like Spicy. hated her. Spicy. Was she flirting with him? Florence? Yes. I don't think so. I think she just really hated um, Hugh, or not Hugh. I think she, just, yeah, I think she just really hated Hugh, her husband, Hugh Duffy, mm-hmm. like. Fall, quote unquote fl- falling in love with her every night like he hate, she hated it she's a very insecure woman what she is says that she's like? younger than him but she's not <laughs> what is that like? <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much this was invaluable 
um, please, if you need anything, I, I just, and she winks at Floyd. <laughs> anything. Anything. <laughs> Wink. Uh, yeah, he hand, he sh- holds out a hand. He's like, it's really nice to meet you. <laughs> Wink. And she walks off, yeah. All right. Blushing. Fanny would like to go up to the director again. She's still standing t- too close to the sobbing director. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Just no personal space. And wants to ask him, so, uh, I mean, was she any good? <laughs> <laughs> he looks at you. He, like, wipes a tear dramatically from his eye. And he's like, she was almost irreplaceable. Almost. Did she have an understudy? No. We, we don't do understudies in this theater. I don't believe in it. You're either going to commit to the role or you're not going to be in my show. Interesting. Well, you know, I've been known to two-step in my younger days. <laughs> if uh, if you need anybody. Oh, okay. Do okay. You, do you have a resume? Oh, I got a business card. Oh, great. <laughs> I'm going to pull out a, like, used handkerchief that has writing on it oh. from my satchel. Okay. <laughs> and he, hand it to him. He takes it so gingerly by the cleanest corner. He's like, great. Just, just like, you know, just keep my good mind. Okay. okay. He's just sort of holding it away from him. <laughs> I don't have any investigative questions. She, she does that and just turns and walks away. That's so Fanny. Oh my her. god. Fanny hasn't decided what she wants to do. Matt, what is your character's name again? Uh, Dr. Shelley. Dr. Shelley, I should remember that. I know, right? <laughs> I feel like Adelaide wants to just be by you all the time. So I love that. she's going to relay all of that information to you. Beautiful. I appreciate about, it. Thank you. Yeah. About, I'm climbing. Uh, was, that, was yours the conversation about Alva and yeah. you? Okay. I did write it all down. You're climbing? I'm going to climb up on the catwalk. Yeah, that was <laughs> my next move too. Okay. Yeah, you guys wander off. You find not too far away there is a ladder. Um, I believe there's one either to the direct left or the direct right of the front of the stage in the recesses. Yes. Um, so you walk off stage left, and you find a ladder. I also that, want to go to the catwalk. That leads up in the catwalk, um, and you climb up one by one. Misha kind of tailing closely behind because this is his domain, and he yeah. feels he could be helpful. Well, up we go. Uh, and she hikes up her skirts and starts climbing a ladder. Uh, yeah, you climb up there. Uh, you find yourself at the intersection that looks directly over the body. Would you like to investigate? investigate. Yes. All right, yeah, I go want ahead and make some for... intelligence checks. <clears throat> I'm resisting the urge to spit. So how? Seven. So because this is Under a murder nine. mystery, yeah. it's a little, how specific do you want us to be when we ask to investigate something? Very specific. Beautiful. I see nothing. Um, I got a, specifically for like against the railing here, any, like I'm, I'm going to look pretty closely what color is the actress's Florence's hair? What what color is the clothes that she's wearing? Like, what fibers, what bits and pieces are up here on this catwalk with us? Uh, and what did you get? A twelve under a sixteen. Uh, and what did you guys get? I got a seven under a nine. Okay, for intel or maybe ten. I got an eighteen over a nine. Oops. Oh. <laughs> um. 
Seven um, under a nine. I'm just like, the floor is so far away. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah, so high. This is the first time you've ever been this high up. Yeah, I want to <laughs> investigate the catwalk, like, surroundings. Like, it's, like, just any, like, kind of, like, what Matt said. Like, just, like, any the clues? railing. Like, the, yeah, any, like, leftover things. Any detritus. Mm-hmm. Um, it's pretty dusty up here. These are just some, um, like, planks of wood. Uh, like nailed together almost and like suspended themselves from the ceiling. It's a little rickety. Um, it doesn't feel safe, but there it also has like um, these long rails running over the stage that the backdrops come on and yeah. off of and the mm-hmm. curtains come on and off of. So like this seems to be the only way you could access those. This seems to be the only way you could access pieces that hang and like come down from a weighted sort of area. So there's also like some sandbags up here, lots of rope, lots of dust. You both see several s- sets of footprints up here, kind of indistinguishable because they go over one another. Yeah. But Dr. Claro, what you see is around this little intersection, you see a few scuffs of a grayish paint. Uh, I touch it. Is it wet? No. Grayish? Yeah. Can I look at the sandbags? Sure. Can I like try to like follow them with my eyes and see if any of them have been like, sh- you know, they like are like counterweights? Yeah. Can I like follow them around with my eyes and see if they're all where they're supposed to be? Sure. Go ahead and make an intelligence check. Um, do it uh, at a minus one penalty because you're not really familiar with this sort of thing. Doesn't matter because I got a crit. One, baby. That's a good thing? <laughs> that is a good oh, thing. That's okay. a good yeah. thing, baby. Hole in one. <laughs> um, so you are following these with your eyes, and you kind of see there's not a lot of set pieces in this show that require that. There's one, like, big stone, like, fake stone arch that seems like it comes down at one scene because it's suspended high above the stage. But you can see the counterweight and you can see where it's tied off on the rail to the catwalk. There's like a like a large fake moon closer to where you are. So it seems like that comes down upstage or downstage. Um, but that also is tied off. And any other sandbags you see up here are not connected to something hanging. They're just sort of sitting waiting to be used. So she didn't get knocked off with a sandbag. Yes, that's the, that's the assumption you can make. So the she paint, got the scuff marks. They're dry. Yeah. Is there dust on them? No. What are you guys doing mm-hmm. while they're up there? There is no way that Fanny climbed that <laughs> ladder. No. <laughs> That's so fair. Um, oh. I'm assuming Fanny is still too close to the director. Is the reporter still next to the director as well? Yeah, she's kind of consoling him, also kind of unsure what she should be doing, but you do see she's taking notes. I think Fanny wants to know what, like, had the reporter already, like, conducted interviews mm. previous, like, prior to her murder? Okay. Do you want um, to? Yeah. So I'm going to walk up to the reporter, and I'm going to ask her, like, so how long you been here? Like, who you talked to? Um, I, what you got? I got here about two hours or so ago. I had set up this um, viewing with Director Cross. About a week ago, um, I offered to write a piece about the show. It's 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 a pretty big one. It's by, um, you know, renowned playwright Maximilian Shapesier. And um, also, who are you? 
Oh, oh, I'm so <laughs> sorry. It's great to meet you. Um, my name is Birdie Ames. Oh, that's a beautiful day, Birdie. Thank you. <laughs> Maximilian. Shapeseer. The play is by Maximilian Shapeseer. It sure is. And you know what? It's a pretty new play. William Shakespeare is doesn't it? exist in this world. I was going to say, okay, cool. Um... So, had you talked to anybody before uh, before, she, before she got dead? I was able to do, you know, uh, a pretty generous interview with Director Cross before the show started. I had uh, talked to Hugh Duffy, who plays Nomeo. Um, I talked to a few of the cast all together as a group, just to kind of get the general feeling about how they felt about the show. Um, but not much aside from that. I was mostly going to write, like, a review piece for the show, because... It's kind of a big deal for this theater to get such a good name so soon after it was rebuilt. So you hadn't talked to Florence at all? Unfortunately, no. She was quite rattled reading over her lines. I didn't want to interrupt. She seemed like she really needed the review time. Like she was unprepared, maybe? More so just like nervous. And I kind of chalked it up to it being her first show ever. This is her first time doing theater. It's amazing that she had gotten a lead role. I was going to ask her about it after the show, kind of when her nerves had settled. Okay, okay. What did uh what did Hugh have to say? Hugh? Yes. He's quite excited. He is a theatre veteran. Um he said he's so excited to be um doing such a a beautiful play by such a amazing playwright. So very um kind of complimentary of Maximilian. And um he had said that he's a good friend of Maximilian, which I thought was pretty astonishing. Maximilian's kind of a shut-in. People don't really know him. Um, he said that he's excited to be doing theatre again with his beautiful wife, as you know. Um, his wife, Alva's playing Lady Cursulet. And just a lot of excitement and, and happiness to be doing his art. He thought he was friends with Mac, the guy that wrote the play? Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Where, uh... Where did it, where did you see you? Where was he? Last I talked to him, he was out on stage, but I think he got called back into um, <clears throat> the the costuming room because there was something wrong with the costume he was wearing. They wanted to fix it. Okay. What did uh did any of the other cast say anything uh, in particular to note about the play or about Florence? Um. To my knowledge, nobody said anything specific ab- about Florence other than that they thought she was a great Gouliet. Um, mostly people were excited <laughs> to get on this with the show. They were excited that after all this hard work, people were finally going to see it. Um, lots of people talking about how they were good friends and they feel like a big family. They feel like they know everything about each other. Mm. Mostly stuff like that. Everything, huh? Okay. Okay. You're, you're a strange duck. A duck? <laughs> it's, it's a turn of phrase. You're not like an actual duck. A what? A duck? Do you know what a duck is? They're feathered? They quack? A goose? <laughs> oh, my. Uh, Director Cross, I see. Oh, did you call me? <laughs> she Coming. just walks away. Let me know if you uh, want to interview. Uh, uh, <laughs> all right. She keeps walking away. I would love to chat. I just want to talk to somebody, really. <laughs> anybody? anybody? I think Adelaide wants to try to find, uh, what's what's her name? Hugh's wife? Alba. Uh, Alba. 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 She wants to try to find her. 
Um, so I guess she asked like the closest other actor besides Floyd and Martina. Yeah, you turn to an older man who's just sort of standing off to the corner with his arms crossed, like watching the whole scene kind of ambivalently from the wings. Um, hello, I'm Adelaide Flowers. Uh, what's what's your name? Brown Langhorn. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Brown Langhorn. <laughs> what's his job title? <laughs> is he daddy or is he daddy? He's... Oh, that's a daddy. I guess it depends on your perception. He's kind of crusty looking. Oh, that's oh, a daddy. But he's also right. like wearing a pretty ornate costume. It's Fanny's type. <laughs> crusty. Oh, yeah, I have my friends God. over there. Crusty zaddy. Crusty zaddy. <laughs> Listen, there's somebody for everybody. What does he do? He's an actor. Oh, he's an actor. He's in the show. Christy Zaddy actor is what I'm writing. I also wrote that. <laughs> uh, well, it's nice to meet you. Um, I'm just, you know, walking around asking everybody like their accounts of everything. Um, do you know where um, Alba is? Alva. Alva. Do you know where Alva is? Mm, Alva. Well, before all the ruckus and the lights went out, I was taking my tea in the men's green room. And then I thought I'd have a stroll because my bones were feeling quite stiff. So I took the long way around to get to right stage. And in that time, <laughs> I happened to pass the ladies' dressing rooms. And though I don't find myself a peeping Tom, I did happen to glance in. Because oh, the doors were open. My <laughs> <laughs> you fucking pervert. <laughs> and in the farthest back one, I do believe I saw Mrs. Duffy. Sounds like more than talking. A <laughs> that seems like a long glance, sir. Talking to the infatuating Aurora Griffin. What's that? And who's Aurora Griffin? Another actress much like myself, she plays the nurse in this show. And you would say she's attractive based on your account? Well, I think so, though she's not quite in my age range. She's a bit older than some of these young, fine birds. And I'm sorry, how old are you? <laughs> I myself am a young, striking 65. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. What is, what is um, he is it one of the dads? He plays the potion maker. Oh my god, Friar Lawrence? Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 not Friar Lawrence. Oh, uh, the apothecary. The apothecary. Never mind, you're totally right. Yeah. I have not read Romeo and Juliet in literally years. I have to look at the smart notes to get the list of characters. <laughs> nice. <laughs> okay, well, um, thank you very much for your very uh, uncomfortable presence, and I hope you just have a nice night. What Bye. a rude thing to say. <laughs> <laughs> He just yells after Shuffle you as you're walking away. away. He projects. <laughs> he does. <laughs> Comes from somewhere deep. <laughs> He's been hurt. Toxic masculinity. Toxic masculinity. Is a damage inside? Oh, we love a damage. Fanny, Fanny wait, waves a handkerchief at him. <laughs> Another one. one. Another dirty. Oh. <laughs> it's just like a wad of hankies in your bag. I am There's sick. So, much shit so gross. Satchel.
Hey, it's your GM Jamie. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Attempted Adventure. I really hope you enjoyed it. Thank you again to Aaron and Michelle for joining us for this one shot and to Daniel James Hanley for writing Ghastly Affair. As always, if you're enjoying what you're hearing, please go ahead and subscribe to us wherever it is you get your favorite podcasts and make sure to leave us a rating and review so we know you're enjoying it. And if you're not already following us on Twitter and Instagram, we are at AAdventureCast. And if you're going to post anything about the show, make sure you use the hashtag AttemptedAdventureCast, as well as tagging us so we can see it. I'm so excited for you to hear the next two episodes of this one shot. And as always, friends, I'll catch you in the next one.